Welcome back everyone to another Funded Trader podcast. In this podcast, you're going to be learning about the story of Cohen. So Cohen has been in Falcon for a good period of time. This was a great position. I walked away with 11.5%. This was a lovely trade. He's really put in the work over a number of years and he's exactly where he is supposed to be. I dropped out of college and was working as a bartender at the time. I've dabbled a bit here and there before I took it completely seriously. You're gonna learn a lot from this podcast. This is slightly one of our longer podcasts yet there's so many gems and there's so much value listen all the way through and you're going to learn exactly what you need to do to be in that position the fact that i put money into this was kind of a commitment in itself you know like i'm not going to put this money into this if i don't think i'm going to be able to make it as a trader the ultimate goal here guys is to put yourself in a position amongst the successful traders and you need to learn the habits the traits the mindset the routines the processes i'm incredibly proud of this achievement that he's done and onwards and upwards as he scours towards seven figures. It's been one of the best journeys of my life. To gain experience in the market. Grateful to be in this position. Nine trades back to back gone, and then that shattered my confidence completely. You really want to believe something. There's been some highs, there's been some lows. I wasn't good at maths, I failed it at college. I wanted to be a full-time trader by the end of the year. This is actually possible. Trading, trading, trading. All of that euphoric feeling. You can't stop my trading. It's just made me a much better trader overall. Welcome back to another Inside the Mind podcast. Right, Cohen. So before we get into your story, I'm keen to just break down one of your larger trades that you took on the fund, right? That helped with the assessment. And I've got Euro Dollar here. I remember this trade because it was a missed entry for myself. I know quite a lot of people in the community also took this one, so they'll probably remember. But briefly talk talk us through this position. I'm going to go and start off on the daily as to why you was looking at this particular trade. Yeah. So price was. Um, so it was price roughly, didn't. Yeah. Yeah, the price didn't really uh, break the, the recent low yet on the daily. Uh, and we moved back up correctively. And there was a possibility that we might form um, a free touch structure on the four hour, I believe. Uh, so I had some trend lines drawn in, but price came to the overrides. Do you have this sort of structure in? Uh, a little bit lower. I I was expecting a, a larger pullback actually. Yeah, roughly around here. I could probably see it on the lower time frame. Ah, uh, yeah, I see roughly what you're working with. Yeah. So I was yeah. looking um, at potential higher push mm -hmm. for price to, to push higher to maybe get in on the third touch with a risk mm -hmm. entry, but ultimately we didn't really push uh, push further. Um, and if you go to the to one hour, yeah, um, you can see that there wasn't really. A clear rejection of the double top, which is something I actually uh, look for. I look for um, a, a strong rejection before I'm considering the flag because this would be an override area for me mm -hmm. to, to trade short. Uh, but instead, price just kept on moving sideways. You can you can kind of see that the price action was a little bit ascending in that that piece that's against the, mm -hmm. the override. Um, so that led me to believe that this might not be. Uh, sort of a bull flag structure for price to push higher and reach that uh, reach that third touch, so to mm -hmm. say. So then, uh, in my forecast, I'm really um, precise with what I would need to see from the market before I'm even considering the entry. And one of those things is if we get that strong rejection, uh, then I can look for a flag. But when price moves sideways like this at the double top, it's not not really the best. And the only thing. 
I then consider to take an entry is if we break that uh, that area of price action impulsively. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the 15, yeah, so you can you can see the price is sort of creeping back up towards the towards the area of the double top there. Yeah, exactly. And so I was waiting for price to start that push down, and we have a a, a small five minute flag um, that formed as well, but that was a little bit too aggressive for my taste. Was that the one just above here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is something that, you know, if we do get a strong rejection, that's a good area for me to look for the, for a five minute flag. But mm -hmm. since we had not broken that, that piece of price, that piece of sideways price action yet, I wasn't really looking for the, the flag yet, so to say. Yeah. So the low is important to you. You want to basically clear that yeah. low. And that's not always the case, but in this case it is because we are at the override and yeah, I, I want to see price sort of showing some type of commitment that the direction is changing and mm. for that to, to to signal to me that it's okay for that uh, to for me to take the short i want to see an impulsive break of that level so you know it's not too impulsive because we have that five minute flag just on the on the low but afterwards price did come further down so that's for me the the, the signal to look for the for potential entry yeah and then price started to uh, pull back a bit and form the three touch structure uh, and it is slightly expanding but you know that's in this area it's not that big of a pro problem in my opinion um and because we have the three touches and because my stop uh was so safe above the previous low that's that's the reason i got in with the, the risk entry yeah, nice. This was a mistrade for me. Uh, this one, I know quite a few people took. I like the the mitigation of risk that you factored in because I remember one of the questions were at the time was, was you concerned about this, right? And as you as you just explained, this little consolidation here, it's it's almost one piece of its own. It's price action above and clearing the low impulsively, done everything that it needed to do because it showed its hand, it showed its commitment, which I think is is brilliant so this was this was a lovely trade it could easily go amiss because it's a correction with a correction underneath so i totally understand the uh, hesitation that some traders may have taken but risk has been factored in and there's more than enough confluence that has happened in this trade what did you walk away with on this this was a great position i walked away with like 11 and a half percent or so lovely and the reason so i don't normally uh, manually close positions mm -hmm. i usually just uh just move my stop along but mm -hmm. in this case um i hit my profit target for the for the assessment phase that's that's one thing uh, and the other was that we've broken the, the lows to the left if i see price price was moving very fast towards the downside so mm -hmm. if you um that could mean there's a, also a big uh, pullback coming that mm -hmm. might happen also pretty pretty fast so when price starts to move correctively in the area where I, I took the profit out of, I think to myself, okay, what is it worth for me to to try to stay in the trade? Because this might still go further down. You know, it's it's not like it's definitely going to reverse back to the upside in this area. And that doesn't have to happen. But if I need to leave my stop open for for a certain distance, like like say two percent. Mm -hmm. Is that two percent worth it to to try maybe get four percent more out of the market if price keeps on going? And how likely is that to happen now that we've had this super impulsive candle on the way down? Because you know the chances are that we might that we are going to see a, a certain type of pullback, and I don't know how steep that's going to be. So you know even if 
price does move down, it might pull back more than 2% and take me out and then drop down as well. So these are all things like when you when I'm taking a, a, a position, it's really easy to quantify like my maximum risk is 1% and my potential profit is like say 6%, just as an example. Um, but if the trade is running, you might leave 2% open uh, on the table for the, another one or two percent for price to to fill the gap so i'm i'm trying to 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 think how i would be trading on a larger account as well you know and in that case i wouldn't leave two percent open in this instance i just would lock my profit because the trade has done what i expected it to do so to say yeah so I'm, I'm really happy with how i manage this even though it's it's a bit um uh, it's not that often that I uh, close down trades uh, manually. I'm pretty happy with how I handled this uh, this situation. Yeah, yeah, I so think you've done great, and for the right reasons as well. So, firstly, congrats on the trade, on yeah. the emotional side of it, and you touched on some really important points, especially when it comes to the emotion side of thinking about larger capital. And I think it's it's easier said than done. Everybody knows logically. I would rather make decisions that's going to help me in the future with larger amounts of money, but very few can act on it in the moment consciously. And I think you showed a tremendous amount of uh, emotional intelligence to just recognize, right, this is what I would do. And there's logic behind what you're doing, which I really, really like as well. And that's, yeah, uh, that's I, really great to see. Yeah, I think that's the, the important thing is that if I were to do to decide in the moment itself, that's that's pretty hard to do because there's there's money on the line and mm-hmm. you know the market is moving and you may maybe you don't have enough time to get in with a risk entry or, or something you know there's a bit more stress involved in the moment itself in real time so if you what i did is if you see the the corrective piece at the double top mm-hmm. just decide beforehand what kind of position you're going to take so it's it's basically forecasting even during the day you can can forecast certain scenarios like when the, when the market is changing, how can I adapt um, to make sure I'm following my plan? You know, and it's it's a lot easier to do that beforehand because otherwise you have all the emotions and the stress, and maybe you're uh, maybe you're not home. You know, so it's yeah. I'm really happy with how I handled this uh, this type of position because it's not really a, a clear cut three touch uh, correction. You know. Yeah, there was there was there was context behind it, but of course you had to understand exactly why you're doing what you're doing from every detail, from the break of the low, had to be impulsive, lots of different factors, and, yeah. uh, and I, I really love that. Well, firstly and foremost, Cohen, congratulations on becoming Thanks. a portfolio asset manager. Thank you what, so much. What a uh, what a moment for you. So for those that of course don't know you yet, or haven't heard about your story, maybe those that have not you know engaged with you even in the community. I know you like to keep yourself to yourself to some degree. Yeah. Let us know a little brief overview of your story, you know, how you got into trading and how you're feeling right now becoming a portfolio asset manager. How many assessments really quickly did you take into pass? So this is my third assessment. I, I no. passed the third assessment. So nice, nice. So it's always good to note that because listen, sometimes people go through the first time and then if they fail a couple of times, they get, you know, a bit disappointed. But look, this is your third time, you got it done. Talk us talk to us about your story. <laughs> yeah, it's also a it's also really clear that and uh, the third time I didn't really hesitate to do a third assessment because it was so clear what I've learned from the first two. Nice. That's that's really important to to look at it as an opportunity to you know to learn from and not necessarily okay I'm, I hope I'm going to make it, you know. That, that's not really the right attitude I think towards that. 
So, but to, to, to start with, yeah, how I got into trading uh, in the first place. Um, so I was, uh, a while ago, I was actually looking through my, my old emails and I found out I, I knew about Forex, uh, 10 years ago was when I first heard about, uh, the retail markets for, for Forex. So yeah, and I, I don't mean <laughs> to be discouraging or anything, but it's not like I've been a trader for 10 years. It's, mm -hmm. it's more like, you know, I've, I've dabbled a bit here and there before I took it completely seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, at the time I was, uh, I was, I was in college and it wasn't really working out. I was studying music. Music has always been a, a big thing in my life. Uh, but that wasn't really working out. And so I dropped out of college and was working as a bartender at the time, which was loads of fun. Met a lot of really cool people and lifelong friends there. But, you know, it's clear that you're not going to be bartending till you're 60, you know? So I was like, what am I, what am I going to do? I want, just want to make music, but I don't really want to be dependent on an income from music. That, that wasn't really my path, I think. And by coincidence, I found out about, about trading and, uh, yeah, uh, on the surface, it might seem like, <laughs> you know, you press a few buttons and then money comes out of the computer. And of course it's not, it's not nearly that, that simple. It's one of the hardest thing, things I've ever uh, encountered to be honest, but, but yeah, it was, I was really intrigued by it because it was so different from like a normal job and. Um, yeah, it, it took me a while to, to really believe I could do it. I, I could be a trader. Um, and I remembered like doing a, doing a course and paying money to, to do the course, which was a big step for me. It wasn't even that expensive. I think 200, 200 bucks or something. But the fact that I put money into this was kind of a commitment in itself, you know, like I'm not going to put this money into this if I don't think I'm going to be able to, to make it as a trader, so to say. And I think that's really important to, to kind of commit to yourself to make it work because you're going to struggle a lot. At least I did. Um, so I traded with that system for a while. So a support and resistance type of uh, strategy. And it wasn't really working out for me. I, I believe I could be profitable with, with that strategy, but it, I don't think it was quite the right fit for me. Um, and then I found, uh, found Falcon through a friend of mine and um yeah i i i was very hesitant to to switch my strategy up you know i'm uh it's really clear that it's not the best idea to find like the best strategy that works all the time oh, because so. you're gonna skip around a lot you're gonna hop around a lot and and try different things and not stick to one thing that you that you master so i was a bit hesitant to switch over um but I joined Falcon in, uh, I believe, July of 2019, it was, I think. And I, it just was such a good fit for me. It was like a bit more discretionary, but in the right way. So, to, yeah, it's a bit hard to explain, but it, it just made so much more sense to me than trading only horizontal support and resistance mm -hmm. levels, right? And I remember demo trading for a month and then starting on... A live account in August and the first trade I took, I remember this very, very well. I was on 0.1% risk back then because I wanted to, to get to know the strategy first, but the first, first real position I took 
uh, on the real account was uh, dollar yen short in 2019, which dropped out for like, I don't know, like 12 or 13% or something, which was twice the amount I've ever made on the position before that point. So I was like, okay, there's, you know, there's no go back anymore. Of course. This is, it's, uh, I have to, yeah, I, I just, this, this, this works a lot better for me and mm -hmm. my style of trading. And of course it's not big disclaimer. It's not the big trades that make a difference, I believe. And that's something I've had to learn over the, over the course of the years as well, is that you can aim for those big trades. And sometimes they do happen, you know, the, the plus 8% trades. Um, but that's not going, that's not where you get the consistency from because exactly. if you, if you focus on like <laughs> entries are so much more important than management management you know you, you just learn from experience and there's always uh you know it's likely that you could have done something differently to make more money with management that's always going to be the case but if you get your entries right that's like 80 percent of the work i think and that's also that also means that you take less losses because you can easily, more easily manage the trades you're in. And those types of positions that, you know, you take a break even or maybe 1% profit instead of that loss, that's going to add up. Because over a year, that's, that might be like 20 or 30 trades that you, that you're, and that your outcome is uh, just a little bit better than, um, <laughs> than if you would take that loss. And that's 20 or 30% added to your account a year and um yeah a bit of attention there but um yeah it's it, it took me a while to learn that it's not just about the, the big positions even though that's social media and everything you know it's like uh, look at this profit i made it's it's more about the consistency and and the process and that's what builds it. That's what builds it at the end of the day. I see those bigger trades, like the 11%, the 8%, sometimes 17%, whatever it is. These are like the uh, the bonuses, the cherry on the top for doing the right thing. Exactly, yeah. You're, they, doing, they, you're doing the right thing to, you know, don't underestimate the 3%, the 4%, and you kind of do it with that mindset that sometimes you're in a trade that you kind of don't really expect that's going to hit that sort of level when you just you're just ready to manage the trade it just happens to be running eight percent i just see those as the bonus trades but it doesn't build your consistency as you said exactly yeah and it's just if you're positioned correctly they, they just happen sometimes and but it's not something to chase it's it's better to uh, to focus on the, on the entries and then the, the profits will come eventually. exactly well this is why 47 percent to 960k you're, you're very aware of you know what's in what's in front of you right yeah, As, yeah. Uh, when you can double up you can see how it can start to change very very quickly so for yourself now being a portfolio asset manager talk to talk to us about the feeling of getting to that next stage because i do believe a lot of traders are under the in, under the impression that you're probably the finished article if you get to the next stage and everything will be perfect and smooth and there'll be no emotions and no anxiety so i'm just curious for, from you to give them an insight from what they can expect to experience yeah that's yeah that's definitely not the case it's not like i view myself as this uh, super uh, well-defined trader and that i can't do no wrong or anything it's it's definitely not that there's there's been some more anxiety since i've passed uh, the funds just because mm, the, it's a new level of responsibility as well towards towards you guys towards the, the fund you know it's it's i'm playing with the, the big boys now so to say so <laughs> So it's just, uh, I had to get used to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing okay now. But like the first few positions, I was I was making kind of sloppy rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, not not big mistakes, but I, I was like, what's going on? Because I know, uh, you know, I've been trading for so long. I know what I should be doing and how I should be trading. Uh, you know, there's no real big problems with my trading right now. I would say. But there's still some things that creep back in that that I wasn't expecting actually because I've I've just been visualizing that moment so much that it's yeah and uh, I wouldn't uh, yeah I didn't really expect to to be so anxious uh, at the start but it's it's all good it's it's just an opportunity to to learn as well and to you know to take a step back and and see where that comes from what what i can do about it so i'm i'm going back through re- uh, rewired again right now and also to yeah maybe to maybe it's a sign as well that i need to be more clear about where i'm going and be really uh, detailed with my uh, with my plan for the future mm-hmm. because um you know this is my third assessment so uh basically the the past two years i've been really focused on okay i'm gonna get i'm gonna i have to get to that next level Uh, and now that i'm now that i'm there i'm like okay so what do i do now you know and that's that's a bit strange because of course i know what to do and i know where i want to go and i know you know i want to scale up um but it's just uh yeah it's a big milestone and it's pretty normal that there are some nerves uh, involved with that so I'm not too worried about it, but it was surprising for me. At least we can confirm you're not an alien and you are human. You have emotion. You yeah. know, so you are from planet Earth. And uh, <laughs> this is so important for you to embrace and go through. And I think you touched on something really important because you always get two sides of it is what I noticed with traders. You have traders that they get to the next level, but they don't really have an expectation or or they expect they're going to be nervous and have emotions after they pass. And then you get the other side of the coin where they almost have an expectation that they don't think that they're going to be phased as they get with more capital. And then because they don't believe that they'll be phased, they end up becoming phased when they yeah. get to that. It's almost like, oh, I don't expect to be anxious. But honestly, sometimes the best way that you can deal with every level up, right? Because there's always going to be different you know, emotions that come with more amounts of money is not really have too much expectation on whether you're going to be okay with it or whether you're not. It's more so going back to what you just said, maybe it's a reason for me to be clearer because I can assure you this, the clearer you know on where you're going, the more firm and the more centered you are in your identity, you won't need to try to figure out whether you're going to be okay with it or not. You just will. Because yeah. that feeling will be so present when you get to the next level. It's almost damage control. I think this is a really good topic to talk about briefly. It's the weathering the storm. So let's say, so what's your next double? Where will you be trading at? How much uh, account size? Uh, my next double would be 120K. Yeah. So you'll hit the six-figure mark at 120. Let's say 120. 120 might go smooth for you. You might just think, oh, this is kind of didn't have an expectation, but now I've gone through it. I've felt the emotions. Maybe for one day, you might feel those emotions, right? Or maybe even a week and you're fine. You'll get to a point that it might be 240. It might be 480 that something comes in that could wobble you, right? And it could happen to any trade. It doesn't matter how good you are. You just have to be aware already that how can I weather the storm if that was to happen? And as long as you can do that, and usually you can do it through risk, usually you can do it through 
uh, the self-awareness to realize, right, I don't seem to be in the right state. So maybe until I can get myself in the right state with this amount of money, probably not a good idea for me to just start taking random trades, you know, and then lead into self-sabotage. So I think yeah. for yourself, Cohen, you've got here deliberately. I mean, even as we broke down the position, there was nothing, you know, uh, wishy-washy about it. It was clear on what you want to see. So always remind yourself with the level in level of intention that has got you here. That served me very well, and many other successful traders that have gone to the next levels, I've often found they've reaffirmed to themselves how they got to where they were. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like that motivation of, oh, yeah, I didn't get there by accident. So then how could you be unconfident? Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. And I... I do think that self-sabotage is something I've struggled with a lot. Mm. Uh, that's really, I think, the main reason why I didn't pass the second time uh, that I did the assessment, actually. Because uh, I think everybody, you know, everybody has their story, everybody has their own backpack with their 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 experiences and everything, and as did I. And I just noticed that during the second assessment, I was I was up in profit uh, a lot. I was about to to pass, and uh, I just I just started focusing way too much on getting to the to the thirty trading days. Mm. That's the minimum, and I I was telling to myself, well, I need to stick to the same to the same risk because I need to prove to myself that I can do this, and that that is I was just. <laughs> Just even hearing, me, hearing myself say it now, it's just so ridiculous because uh, I know I can trade well. I know what to do. Like, like I said, you know, it's I found a way to kind of distrust myself to yes, prevent exactly. myself from getting to the success. And that's really that's really that's a really nasty thing because that can occur very um, uh, very in the background. You know, you're not that conscious of it when 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 those thoughts can occur and. They may maybe they influence you to take riskier decisions, or maybe to to maybe they make you stay out of a position, or they, they, it's it's really it's really sneaky the type of thoughts that can creep in and and just mess up your your plan because that's that's the the strange thing I um I believe that technical analysis is pretty easy to learn for anybody you know anybody can can learn how to analyze a pattern and how to you know time an entry i think that's that's inherently not that hard to learn you know there are some some things that you need to that you need to take care of in that case but the psychological aspect of being in a trade that's that's something that is way more complicated i, I think that's that's the 80 percent of of what's what makes trading so hard is how can you make sure that you always make the right decision uh, no matter the, the market conditions, no matter how you are feeling, uh, and yeah, that's to me that's that's so fascinating about trading because it was also something that I didn't really expect when I started started out. Mm -hmm. um, because I've always been pretty visually strong, like geometrics and stuff that that comes a bit easy to me, and then I I thought, okay, so this is going to be walk in the park with the graphs and the, and the price going up and down, and then, oh, I'll do this, you know, this, this is fine. And it's just way harder. And I've had to, I had to learn so much about myself. And it, that's so crazy to me because it's just some lines going up and down, but it's, it's crazy how much you can learn about yourself and about, uh, you know, I, I even do like unconsciously and I do risk management when I, 
think about crossing the street when the lights on red you know it's, it's crazy this small things but those are really big things like like relationships and stuff it's it's you learn so much by trading and i never expected expected that before i started so. i'm right i'm right there with you i didn't expect it either i don't think many people do but when you get to a good level you start to realize how much benefit you get from becoming a trader this is why i encourage a lot of people to learn how to trade because you learn a lot about yourself and as you said about you know realizing how much mindset is important and how easy that you can train like my nephew right i could train him to read the chart you know with enough time you know he may not be as competent you know because only six years old however with enough time by the age of give it till he's 10 if I just said, look, right, from six till 10, you're just going to listen to my webinars. You're just going to just tune in. By 10 years old, he would have a very good understanding from, yeah. oh, three touch here with this. He would, they learn fast, right? Their minds are very malleable, but it would be his emotions. And sometimes with a lack of emotion, because they don't really know responsibility too much and consequence of money, he might even make more money. So maybe I'll set him up with the trading account. But uh, the, the, the point being, you realize how it's just up and down. It's just sideways price action. It's actually very simple when it comes to the level of understanding of an entry. Mm -hmm. When you really think about it, it's like, right, that touches that once, two, three times. And the shape of the candle is red and it's full instead of with a wick. You know, like it, when it comes to the actual knowledge of that, it's not that difficult, but your emotional state to get yourself in the right state. And you mentioned about deception earlier. I mean, deception wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be deception if it, if it was obvious. You said it's a little bit sneaky. And I think that's so important that you touched on to be aware of because you don't realize you do it. And it's so subtle as to how, like, for example, you found yourself almost uh, trying to prove yourself to yourself. It's almost like you was trying to give yourself reassurance. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you chip away at your own confidence versus why I always go to that. You have to deliberately remind yourself as to why you're in the position that you're in as yeah. almost like a risk strategy plan to not deceive yourself. That's yeah. why I do it all day, every day. I'm always reminding myself as to like, why did I get to this position? Why do I have uh, these businesses, these investments? I have to constantly remind, because no one's immune to it. doesn't matter how successful you are. You can't allow your, your ego to override that and think you're invincible. And then now you've figured out all the answers, even when you're making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I'm still aware of that to just remind myself. I mean, because the universe can humble you very, very quickly. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's uh, there's another side another side to that as well because I think, for example, with the assessment that I've now passed, uh, I noticed that very quickly they, these thoughts came that I was just lucky, and that's just not really as it's that's just ridiculous if you think about it because I've been going at it for, for so long. I've passed, I, I believe it was nine trades that mm -hmm. I hit the, the profit target. Yes, roughly um, around then, yeah. I think, uh, two and a half months or so, I was pretty quickly through the, yep. through the assessment. Yep. And that's not because I was lucky or very, very risky or I took a lot of positions. It's, I just traded my plan and, it, it, you know, it was a good, good period. But that's not the reason I passed. It's because I know how to trade. So, I, yeah, th those thoughts, it's interesting because I... Uh, those thoughts and those feelings they can they come and go and it's not really something you can control all the time it's good to to remind yourself of um 
of why I why you why you've made it this far, so to say, like that you um, can really find the words. Uh, like you just said, you know, it's it's good to remind yourself that you are here because you've put in the effort. Uh, but still, though, some sometimes those thoughts that you're not worthy or that they can come like creeping back in and it's just good to be aware of that i i hate the the term they use like you should be trading like a robot mm -hmm. it's so ridiculous to me because if that if if that was the case if that was sort of the, the answer then computers would be trading like amazingly all the time we wouldn't have to be doing this you know that's exactly. there wouldn't be a point to it so you have to have some type of of, of discretion in that in that sense but to think that to think that you don't experience any emotions when you know you see price going up or down or maybe if you've missed position you know it's it's good to have perspective on that but it's also okay to kind of be annoyed by that maybe uh, things are outside of your control and it's not that you need to put a lot of energy into that to, to be angry about it or something but it's it's not a big deal to be you know to be to be happy when you've uh, when you've hit, hit good profit for the month, it's fine. The only thing you need to be aware of is that if you do have a, say, a streak of losses or a streak of wins, that you don't start to to alter your trading plan, or that you do that you kind of look for the edges of what's acceptable or not in taking positions. You know, you shouldn't let those emotions control the positions you take, the decisions you take. And that's all about management. That's not about, you know, I'm I'm a robot and I always do the same thing. It's it's be it's the opposite. It's to be aware of what's going on and use that to yeah to your advantage, I think. Hundred percent. You just touched on something very important and you just reminded me of something. The number one reason why it is virtually impossible for treat people to be mechanical and to be a trading robot is that and I'm sure you're on the same page with this. Everything is connected to everything else. We'll touch on rewind in a second, right? So if we know everything is connected, how you are in life will have a huge impact on how you are as a trader, because it's essentially it's you as a person. If you as an impulsive person outside of trading, you're likely going to be an impulsive person in trading. You have to decide whether you think it's a good thing or not, for example. So we know we are who we are, and that's reflected on how we trade. So the average person, I want to say 19, I want to say 100% of people in the world do not live a robotic life. I don't care how routine oriented you are, people live a discretionary life in every facet. Just from just a simple thing, it could even be as a, a bar of soap. You could have two bars of soap, and that day you could have one that had coconut in it, and the other one you could have vanilla. And for whatever reason, you decided, I'm going to use the coconut today to, to wash my body. Like as simple as that, we make discretionary decisions in all areas of life. So how would we possibly believe that we could be 100% mechanical and as soon as we walk through the door, we just switch into a robot? As you mentioned, these algorithms, these bots, they don't last long for a reason. It's because there is movement. There are decisions being made all across. The, the probability of an algo or a robot trading successfully forever without faults is so unrealistic yeah, if you just think about the universe and how many moving parts and war that happens and all kinds of things that are affecting the financial markets and we believe we can just plug a robot in and go yeah go it will never fail and the, th the funny thing is with about you know mechanical systems that are too rigid because that when we say discretion we could mean three percent but that could be our edge 
Mm-hmm. What if the discretion was your edge? What if that two or three percent? So you have the mechanics of how we trade the markets. Listen, we're waiting for highs to be broken or lows to be broken because we're looking for you know the masses to be caught on the wrong side of the market. That's the mechanical side. Then yeah. it comes down to the entry. That's going to be you know layers of context. So from that perspective, we're already doing it anyway. But we're also looking at the the small subtle details as to why we're going to take it in that moment, and that could be tiny candle shape, for example. Where with these bot systems, I wouldn't. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be four months in drawdown until I realized that the bot's not working. You know, like you would want to be able to rate, look at the last three four weeks, for example, where the market was squeezing and going sideways. Imagine if you took every single trade that met your plan. You'd have gone into minus seven percent. You'd have lost your funded account, yeah. and someone else who's got experience would, as I said, Cohen. You just needed to relax, but because you have the experience, you didn't make that mistake. So that's why I'm, I'm really against this idea of one hundred percent. Like, in, there's so many reasons as to why yeah, it's yeah. not a good idea. And who do you know that's winning? Like, I don't, I don't know anyone. I, I can't list off hundreds of examples of traders that are one hundred percent mechanical and have kept their accounts in funding and are now millionaires. I can't name you one. I don't know them. Um, and they're and even, not available. Even then, it's it's discretionary, right? Because uh, let's say you draw a few lines in in a chart uh, with some tops, like which which of those tops are significant and which aren't. It's, there's also exactly. there's always a level of discretionary, or you know, you're just a computer, but that's that's also not not working because that's super un- unadaptable. Like you like you just said. There's no way to to continually be profitable with that. You need to make some adjustments uh, along the line in that case, and I, I, that's pretty interesting. That's something I uh, I wanted to touch upon because that's I think also the reason why why uh, you know everybody is trading the Falcon strategy with us, you and the coaches and everybody, and but still everybody doesn't necessarily take the same positions, you know, and not everybody has the same pairs on their watch list so even though that we all trade the, the same system there's certain small deviations uh, uh according to to who's who's trading the account to, to who's making the decisions and something i wanted to touch upon is that it's one of the key things in my journey was when i realized that there's a sort of a balance where you at one point um Let's say you you start you just join during Falcon and you start going through uh, through all the, the content and you slowly but surely get a hang of the of the strategy and you try to to mimic you you mark in the in the Sunday market breakdown you try to get the same pairs on watch and you try to to analyze the same way which is very very helpful especially if if you're beginning that's that's the the way you learn but on the other side of that there's also it's also really important to start trusting your own judgment at some point you know there's there's going to be a time where you don't have the same pairs on watch as you and as as mark uh, and then you know there's there's a there's a fine line between ego and doing your own thing i believe and at the at the same time you need to be uh, you need to have have confidence in your ability to trade the markets but on the other side, you need to be able to put your ego aside and learn from your mistakes and learn from people that are doing this way longer than you mm-hmm. have more of the information. And, and there's a fine line between that. And I've I've slowly but surely realized that it's you, you've talked about this in the beginning. I'm not that active in the community. 
Mm-hmm. And I used to be very active in the, in the trading analysis channel, but I don't do that a lot anymore because I just realized that I need to, to focus on my own thing. I need to trust in my own judgments mm-hmm. because that's the only way I'm going to continue to grow. And that doesn't mean I can learn from anything or that I don't watch the Sunday market breakdown anymore. Of course not. But it's um, it's it's one of the key moments in my, my trading journey that I needed to to trust myself and to make my own mistakes because that's that's the way you grow i think that's very important yeah 100 percent. this is why i always encourage people you know they say mark i've got four out of six on your watch list and i've also got aussie yen for example I'm like, yeah, it's fine i just don't have it on watch yeah it, 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 it doesn't matter like i it's not about having the set i mean a beginner's intermediate yes you you want to have as close as possible but also on the other side of don't be different for the sake of being different you know like if if you genuinely see something it might just be i chose kajian over urian and they're they're pretty much a similar structure but what someone will do is they overthink it mm-hmm. and think of what there must be like a you know a magical reason no just i just chose kajian over urian that's it and if you got urian it's absolutely okay i would rather you pick urian and if you do make a mistake i'd rather you actually make the mistake yeah. at least you trusted yourself to go right i i had a reason for that because you build the internal confidence is what you're talking about which i think is so spot on yeah, it's one of the reasons why I kind of fell in love with Duke my, doing ASR. Mm. And when I first joined Falcon, before that, I didn't even re- review my trades, but, <laughs> which is kind of a shame, actually. But uh, when I joined Falcon, I I, um, I postponed it for for mm. a while, for like a few months, because you know it doesn't sound fun. You know, just put a magnifying glass on all the mistakes you've made, and that's not fun. And that's that's not you know. So I was. A bit hesitant to start with it, but once I did, it really opened my eyes because I, I believe the first month, I don't really remember the exact number, but it was like I had a discrepancy of 8% or something. And then I, I just I just sat there and I realized, but I have the same set of eyes, I have the same, the same brain. So I'm looking at my trades the same way as I did in real time. So I know... <laughs> I know I have the ability to produce 8% more uh, in the market if I do everything correctly. So that means that my skills are already there. I can identify a missed position. I can identify that the things I'm making uh, mistakes on, like maybe my timing is off or something. And yeah, so I, I, I keep my SR, even now I keep my SR really simple. I just have my missed positions and my mismanaged positions. And that includes the trades I should have taken um, or I shouldn't have taken. Um, and there's, it's just really easy that there comes this number out of that. And I'm like, at the end of the year, I do a big year, yearly ASR, which produces a lot of numbers that just show me, okay, I know how to trade well. If I know, if I use my knowledge about the markets that I know now, I don't have to do anything else. I can be up 80% of what I, what I made this year. And that's just mind blowing to me because that just means that the rest of it is just learning how to execute and learning how to manage the emotions and what we talked about. So I really encourage everyone, everyone to, to do their ASR because it's so valuable. It's, you know, the trading is, is a bit strange in the sense that you can do everything right. You have the perfect setup with the perfect in the perfect area, with the perfect strategy, the perfect timing, the perfect, you know, everything is just 
insanely good. You do everything right and still you, you get a loss. And it's the other way around as well. You can take a shitty trade with a hangover and uh, not position size correctly and do everything wrong. And still that can run for, for 10% and make you like a yearly salary. It's just insane that you don't get feedback from, from the market in a direct sense. So that's, yeah, that's one thing I really want to, to make clear to everybody. Like you need ASR to, to learn about what you're doing right and wrong. So spot on, spot on and it's it's not uncommon for traders to not journal and to not do asr even a year into their journey yeah, so even though you, you took time with it it's 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 one of these things i think every trader does it for some reason even including myself i mean i didn't back test straight away i didn't do I was, i'm not interested in that i don't need to journal i don't need to who wants to look at all their trades it's like oh, i'm just not there yet you'll use reasons as to why you're not doing it but exactly. you know like eventually when you do it you start realizing why did i not do this sooner because you so get fair. to learn quicker what you're doing wrong and right. And sometimes they're really small things. Yeah, it's, it's just, it makes every everything so so much clearer. Like when I do a yearly ASR, I can see, it's crazy. I can see my development with the strategy, like over the course of the year, I take different positions at the end of the year than at the start. And I, I journal differently. And I just, it's really helpful to kind of have an overview of, um, yeah, of what you've been doing and how much you've learned as well. You know, it's not just because of uh, zooming in on a mistake you might have made, but it's also look at what you've done for the year and look at look how much you've grown for for this past year. Because maybe the results aren't there yet. You know, when you're maybe you're just starting out, and but if you see how much you've learned, that can really help to solidify that that you are going to make it because that's the thing that that got me here i think if if i would have to say one thing that has gotten me to this point uh, to become a portfolio asset manager is that i've all those years ago i've made the commitment to myself that i was going to make it work i when i started that uh, that first course when i put money into that into that course i decided okay if i'm going to put money into this i'm deciding now right now that i'm going to make this work if if it takes me 10 weeks or 10 years that doesn't matter i'll i'll just go through and i'll make it work somehow it doesn't really matter what comes on on my path or you know how hard it's going to be i'll i'll just find a solution because i've promised myself that i'm going to make it work and you know there's going to be setbacks and some some people they are going to lose their entire account and you you know this is this is not easy because otherwise everybody would be a trader you know uh, but if you if you can commit if you can commit to to becoming the trader and you make that agreement with yourself then then you have something to uh, to hold on to and to structure that path there's two things you just reminded me of which is really really crucial yeah, the commitment part is absolutely key. And I think more traders, if they actually consciously were aware whether they're committed or not, like I've said, being interested in something versus committed is two different things. Mm -hmm. But you, you've got to look at edge. And I mentioned this in a midweek review or, or something recently in content about comparison is the thief of all joy. If you compare yourself to another trader, not a good idea. But comparing yourself to industry standard, that's actually good to just see where you match up. And what you look at is edges. We're looking for technical edges and we're looking for psychological edges. Well, most people are looking for a technical edge. They're not even aware of a psychological edge, but we'll get to that. The other part 
is understanding where you are different and where the industry standard is. So if you look at something like podcasts, I believe there is uh, some sort of statistic where, you know, most people don't get past episode seven or something really ridiculous where you think, yeah. imagine someone starts a podcast and what, and they can't get past seven. So all you have to do is do eight episodes and you're already part of a very narrow percentage, you know, so it's yeah. quite easy to break through that. Exactly, yeah. Now, when you look at trading, most people don't last a couple of years. So you could be someone who's, let's say, in there for three years and they've not made money yet. They're not consistent. They know a lot. You know, they're not they're not horrible at trading, but they've just not really seen the kind of results that maybe they expect. Yeah. Already, you give yourself another edge. It's not a technical edge. It's not a psychological edge. It's a commit committed edge. You're already more committed than 99% of people that lose just by doing it longer which is crazy. And this is where when people do not compare what the average trader is like versus where they're at, they'll be very disheartened because they'll go, I'm at break even. I've been doing the break even dance for six months. I'm a terrible trader. No, you're not. Average traders down minus 15%. They can't even get to break even and you're unhappy about it. Perspective has to come in when we're dealing with one of the most difficult industries that there is to perform. And you've got to work on yourself. You've got to work on so many other facets. I think that's when comparison comes in. Because you can use it as confidence. Like, right, so if I know the average person will give up after two years, well, then all I need to do is just not give up. And sometimes that's the best advice for me and the coaches. Like, yeah. There's not always like a crazy technical advice. All it is is just listen to my content for another six months and, and then tell me that you've not progressed. Because all you need to do is sometimes stick at it a bit longer, even though it's the same thing, it's just a bit more experience, but it's the correct type of experience. And then suddenly people wake up, they're like, do you know what? You was right. And like three months will pass. I'll be like, what did you do different? Have I told you anything different? Have I said anything different? No, it's the same message. But so how have you clicked? I don't know. Was it exactly. Because there isn't always like this magic science to it. And there's so many traders, they're just impatient. And the best thing they could do is just, just wait a bit longer, but they're just not willing to because they want it now, 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 and not willing to wait. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's some good advice. Just uh, to get a different perspective on where you are right now in your journey. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, what you said, you know, people want it now. And yeah, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm a very typical guy. I'm not I don't really see myself as the stereotypical trader personality per se, mm. but even, even with me, you know, it, it took me a while, but I'm an asset manager now. Mm. So that just goes to show that even if you don't really have the, uh, you know, if you don't have the skills, if you don't have the mindset, that's all things that you can work on, but you have to, to make the decision to, to go for it, to really commit and to, uh, yeah to make it work because then then even when those setbacks hits you you always come back to uh, okay this is my path and uh, it doesn't really matter if i even if you blow up uh, an account or even if you you know have to go back to square one it doesn't really matter because you've learned along the way and yeah you're, you're closer than this is something that you say a lot and it's really stuck in me you're closer than you think mm -hmm. and uh yeah I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for the, for what lies ahead as well. Yeah, yeah. embrace it. Just, just embrace it. You've done the right things. Uh, you mentioned something which I think is really important. You know, you said uh, you can almost see your curve of when of self development of when you improve. Yeah. Uh, the correlation. I think we're going to have to create this graph now because it's it's so accurate. We can literally see people's equity curve and when they go through rewired. 
<laughs> I, I, I could pinpoint the graph. I could put them next to each other and see when they develop the self-awareness or when they've 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 gone through a really down period and they finally realize, oh, maybe I should probably go through something like rewired. Maybe, you know, what Mark and the coaches have been saying for a long time, the mindset's probably a really important thing. They work on their identity and you just see the shift go up, 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 and up. And it's so close to that. It's uh, so fascinating to see. Any tips on how you've gone through the rewired program to anyone else looking to go through it that is going through it right now obviously it's different for everyone is there anything that sticks out to you that you feel like that you resonated with more or that you need to feel like you need to work on more than another module um so i'm using the flashcards now mm -hmm. which is good because i i tend to uh when i have a good morning for example uh sometimes in the afternoon it can slip up a bit so I use the, the flashcards a lot, but yeah, just use the, the three-step process. Uh, I, I use the three-step process for a lot of uh, material, not just Falcon, but mm. <laughs> also other, other things that really help to, to kind of uh, focus in on what the important, uh, important parts uh, of, an, of a lesson are for you. Uh, so you can really dial in the things that you need to remember. So. That's something I definitely advise and just, uh, you know, take it at your own pace. There's a lot of uh, valuable, uh, valuable content in there. So it's okay to, to take it slow and, you know, you can always go back and do it a few times. Uh, so, yeah. That's yeah, it. Love it. Yeah. I, 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 love, I, think... I love the rewrite stuff, man. It's just such a good, uh, good set of exercises and skills. And it's just good to kind of, um, reset and one thing I do now every morning is I have a little notepad and I just turn on a timer for three minutes and just write down what exactly makes me feel good and what, what I want what nice is what I want and that can be like really short-term things like I want some coffee <laughs> or it could be like really big things like I want a mansion by a lake or whatever it might be uh, and that's just really good to kind of ground that that sense of what I want to do with my life and what to, I want to accomplish right away in the morning. So, yeah, I, I just love those kinds of exercises from the, from the content. Yeah. Yeah. Love it's that. Really well, a lot. Yeah. Well, the, the way, the way you're, the way you're going to keep going through it, which is, I mean, you've got a very teachable personality, which I really respect. And it's, it's important when you want to grow from the situation you went through of the deception that you're going through the flashcards now, I firmly believe it's going to be one of the biggest breakthroughs to the next levels because you're going to be so much more centered and grounded and that deliberateness will just be so within you that, right, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is something I tell myself a lot. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because what that says unconsciously, I mean, the brain is such a fascinating thing. It's mm -hmm. why I created Rewired in the first place and I've spent very many years studying it. But the important stuff that's actually going to help you as a trader, not just left brain, right brain, and all these different things. But more so, if someone tells themselves that every single day, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, if you're trying to instill confidence, unconsciously, you tell yourself, I'm on the right track. Unconsciously, you tell yourself that everything that you do that has got you to this point is on purpose. So then that thought that comes in of, oh, I'm lucky, or was this by accident, that doesn't really exist. For me anyway, that doesn't really exist. So it's one of my favorite things to tell myself 
when I just look around, I look at my achievements and I'll just go, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, which has told me I'd done this like on purpose. And yeah. I think that'll help you uh, tremendously as well. I have two closing questions for you, which uh, uh, this is actually something I've never asked before. And I think it'll be really, really helpful. First question is any advice, any thoughts that you would give to the Falcon community? I know you've worked in the shadow, just anything that comes to mind that you think will be helpful for them. Someone who's maybe aspiring to think, yeah, I want to be funded. Or, I want to be in Cohen's position. Well, yeah, that's, I saw this question coming, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I think the main thing is, like I said, you have to commit. So just if you, if you're unsure, if you, if you maybe have some, some doubts, uh, um, if you are going to be in my position and you're just starting out, just take out a piece of paper and write, I'm going to be a portfolio asset manager. And that's just, that's the agreement you make them with, with yourself. I think that's the most important thing because I can sit here and give advice about what helped me, but that might not be this, the, the same things that help somebody else with a different personality, right? Because I do all the usual stuff, you know, I eat healthy. Uh, I've been going to the gym since October. So really, uh, that, that has helped tremendously with my mental state as well. So it's been amazing. Uh, and for example, cold showers, you know, I do all the, the usual things. Like I really like cold showers, but I don't like them, but <laughs> they've really helped because I've talked to a friend about this recently. Um, and he, he just looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why do you stand in the, in the why do you take a cold shower in the morning? You don't have to, you know? And I, I, and I explained to him, like, you know, it's, it's not fun. I don't, it's not fun to stand there shivering uh, for a few minutes. And, you know, I don't, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's when I'm standing there, I'm teaching myself that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And that's, that's the slim, simplest way I can, I can explain it because when I'm scaling up uh, in a few months, you know, I'm trading, trading larger capital. And maybe I take a position and I can't take the risk off yet. I just have to be patient and let the market do its thing and move away from my entry. There might be like a yearly salary on at risk, you know, and it's like we just talked about like with the emotions. It's just delusional if you think that's not going to affect you in, so, in any way or form. So that, that's going to be uncomfortable. So by just standing under the cold shower, every morning i i'm just teaching myself that's okay it's okay to be uncomfortable you know it's not the end of the world it's not like i have to take some kind of action or something i just accept that it's uncomfortable and it's such a simple thing but you don't really realize that something like that can really influence the decisions you're making in the market which at first glance you wouldn't really expect it right how is taking cold shower going to help you analyze the markets or something but so that's for me that's one of the things that helped me tremendously but th there might be different things that uh, when you're just starting out that that you need to do uh for the listeners and the the thing is if you commit to to becoming the trader then those answers the, those questions and those answers will kind of make themselves available to you because you you run into okay I don't have enough discipline for example and then you know you can you have to work on that. So you might just uh, practice going to the gym, or you might need a better um, better schedule for the morning to to kind of train yourself to be more disciplined. Like those answers all come to you when you when you decide just to go for it. So 
you have to commit. That's kind of the main thing I'm trying to to explain in, in, in this whole podcast is that that would be my number one advice. So Brilliant. just decide that you're going to do it because you will. And then all the, the answers will come. Yeah, brilliant advice, Cohen. I absolutely love that. And I fully, fully understand exactly the point that you're getting across. And I think it's spot on. The commitment part, which I'm glad you've touched on more, is is beautiful because people have to commit. What you reminded me of, I mean, I love the cold showers as well. We need the graph of that. What is the graph of uh, successful traders and cold showers? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to guess it's quite high. The correlation, yeah. yeah it's going to be a high correlation there. And I think it's because of what you just said. It's okay to be uncomfortable. And it's what you're training your mind to do in the most simple things. I mean, the same discipline that you have for that cold shower is the same discipline to say no to a crappy trade. You know, because you 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 know that you're in charge of your mind and you're not going to allow emotions to dictate that. So someone won't make the connection. But again, everything's connected to everything else. Uh, that's that's true that's something we can bank on that how you are is how you're going to be in pretty much every scenario this is a question Cohen. i've not to sign this off i've not asked someone in the podcast i don't believe in the, uh, this sort of detail but i'm curious for you every, everyone's different i remember why i got involved in trading and my my vision of what i wanted out of it which i don't think is the the usual answer because I, I understood there was money at hand but to me it was much more simple things than that it was you know like being able to go and i mean i'm not getting my haircut at the moment i'm growing it but it just being able to go get my haircut for example at a time uh you know 11 a.m on a tuesday or being able to go shopping if i really wanted to without having to sit in traffic because i can just decide uh, wednesday at 12 p.m i want to go to the shopping mall because i want to get a new pair of trainers whatever it is it was actually more the simple things that i was excited about yeah. For you, what what does a what does a day in a life look like? Let's say you hit your golden number, you achieve the account size that you like, and you're full time. Whether it's just trading and you have another business, but just a day on your own terms, what does that look like for you? Because I think more traders, I want them to do exactly what you're going to tell us. I want them to think about that as well. So this is maybe this. Yeah, it's just like you like you said it's also the little things you know it's the big things like if i want to to go uh to paris you know for a few days that you have the freedom to do that that's kind of my my main goal of why i'm trading it's to be to be self-sufficient and just to, to make my own planning and to just be that that guy that can just you know i'll come and visit you when you're on on a holiday or when you're traveling in asia because I can. That's mm. for me the main reason why I'm trading. Um, but it's also the little things like, for example, doing groceries on a Tuesday morning. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, it's just so crazy to me that, um, like, if you do something you love, then it's all worth it, of course. But for me, it's so crazy that in this day and age, everybody goes to work on their, uh, at the same time. And everybody, you know, the, like the, the rush hour, uh, that's just so not my thing. It's just not really, I can't really explain it in, in easy terms. It's like I don't really fit in that mold. Mm. So that's I think that's one of the reasons trading fits me so well, because you have to be a bit flexible, which I... I think I am, but, but also, yeah, it just, it's, it's like a tool that provides me that lifestyle that I'm looking for. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm just planning on, on traveling later on in the year. If I'm uh, to the next level, mm -hmm. 
I'm planning on doing some traveling uh, uh, at the end of the year after the summer. Uh, I'm going to stay in the, the sort of my time zone for now. <laughs> so Spain, Portugal, maybe drive around a bit. And then, um, yeah, later on. So music is my big thing. So I want to build a studio, recording studio. Nice. Um, I can see I can see how I'm going to build that and everything, but I'm not really sure yet if I'm going to if that's going to stay kind of a personal thing or if that's going to be like a commercial entity where I can record bands and everything. But that's going to be a whole new set of challenges. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Uh, and yeah, just yeah, looking forward to the future. Yeah, it's just I want to start a family at one point. You know, house uh, near some water with a big tree in the garden and goats. <laughs> it has to have goats. You gotta have goats. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I can sure. see that happening. And sort of my main goal for the coming years. So I'm for the last couple of years. My main goal was to trade uh, uh, trade seven figures before I'm forty. Mm -hmm. I'm 37 now, so I'm a bit older than the average Falcon student, but there's plenty of time to reach uh, reach that next level uh, of seven figures. So it's definitely going to happen. Love that. Well, yeah, things can scale up very quickly, as you know, like you're closer than you think. And yeah. once you've got it in place, that, that's a beautiful vision. And I think that, honestly, we, we've spoken about correlation a lot, cold showers, you know, rewired or self-development. I think there's a high correlation towards traders that want to trade for freedom tend to succeed quicker as well. Mm -hmm. I, bet yeah. you that, I bet you that's a high correlation. Yeah, this, that's also strange because I think everybody gets into trading for the same reason to make to make some cash right um but yeah i've just noticed along the way that i've i've had the the, the pictures of the mclarens and stuff on my wall and mm. i've just noticed that it doesn't that it's super interesting to me uh, but it's not something that i'm so passionate about that it keeps me going it's not a big enough why for me to to drive a sports car right because mm. that's that's fun for a while but it's not like the main thing why i'm doing this main thing is that i want to be i want to live life on my own terms and be free to to do yeah to do my own thing and to provide for my family if i get a family and yeah i think those emotions are far stronger and yeah. what i want everybody to take from this is again going back to your why like you've got to know why you're doing it and if you have too many smoke screens and sometimes they can be cars they can be watches they can be houses like you've got to dig deep into like what would that be like and i want you to all think about that because the clearer you are on that the more the more excited you'll be the more excited you'll be every day because if you can get excited I used, you know what i used to do when i was on a plane and i was in economy class i would literally think of moments like do you know <laughs> what for me i would just be very very excited at the thought of knowing that once i'm in a position i'm trading enough money i can just go business class just to not have like my knees wedged up into this yeah. You know, like just it wasn't always about like the huge things. It was just if I want to, I can. If I want to travel over here, I can. If I want to do this, if I want to uh, decide that I want more, I don't want to think look at the bill when I'm looking at a, a restaurant, or I don't want to be uh, looking at how much these tomatoes are because they're organic instead of a different. You know, like little simple things yeah. like that to just it's, have the freedom of you're just in a position yeah. to do that now. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly what I'm aiming for. That for me uh that's that's luxury to to not worry about to not wor have to worry about that stuff it's just like yeah the, my ultimate <laughs> my ultimate goal and then yeah we'll see we'll see from there because 
you know, I know how this goes. When I'm trading seven figures, there's going to be a next goal. That of I want course, to there'll I'm, be a new mountain. Be there'll new be, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going to go from one studio to 25 studios. So yeah, exactly. we'll, um, we'll yeah. see. But Cohen, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the podcast. Thank you so and, much for having me. Yeah. And, and giving a really raw, um, transparent view on, look, not the finished article and not from a position of, uh, lack of self-worth but more of just honesty that look, these emotions are going to come and i yeah. think that's going to give a lot of traders a tremendous amount of confidence that right i'm i'm okay where i am and i can get to the next stage without being perfect because I, I do believe people do that with their funding assessments as well they if they don't they don't succeed and they fail they tell themselves the reason why they failed is because they're not the finished article which then yeah, creates self-sabotage every single yeah. time because then you believe that there's no chance for you to get to, let's say, 40K or 60K without being perfect. And that's not yeah. the case. And at the end, then the same thing is going to happen what happened with me, right? Because then you, when you do eventually get past the assessment, then you all, you know, you're kind of um, wronged because you still feel all those emotions you still not feel like you're the complete package and then you have the next level and the next it's just you know that's not really how it works you need to look at yourself as a work in progress and that's fine it's fine to to always be learning and always be progressing and uh, yeah. yeah yeah and i just wanted to say thank you for creating falcon such an amazing place with so many great people as well it's just become this beast now over the years which is really cool to to see how how it developed and yeah just your drive and your vision uh, made it such a good place to to learn and to grow i appreciate that i appreciate it well it's going to get bigger and bigger and uh, as you know for me it's more about the connection with the people in the community like yourself and i mean we've met in amsterdam and we'll meet again and and uh, lots of other things are going to happen, but it, it's getting closer and closer towards that bigger vision where I genuinely feel Falcon is like a family. Yeah. That's why I never wanted to lose touch with just everything that we're doing, because if anything, I actually get more involved. It's the reason why we've created these extra things like the property fund and all that type of stuff is because I want to be more involved, not from a, a nosy or intrusive point of view. I mean, people get happy to invest their money wherever they want, but <laughs> you know, if I can be more of a part of that, that's that's what I've always wanted to at least provide the option. If you want to do this, right, we can help you out with that because I mean, trading's a lonely journey, and if you if you think just you know joining a community will just make you not lonely, it doesn't work like that. Like you've got no, to want to be involved and you know, firstly prioritize yourself. Like get to the trading level you want to get to, and then you know participate and get more involved as and when you see fit. And I think that's the exciting thing about the project. So, pleasure, pleasure to have people like yourself that are committed. Commitment yeah. is the word. <laughs> Commitment. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what the coming years are going to bring as well. I think we're going to be smashing some um, yeah some presumptions of certain people as well of what's achievable with 100 percent. it's uh yeah i'm really excited really excited for the future and can't wait to meet everybody and yeah likewise That's well good. thank you thank you Cohen. i'm excited for people to hear this podcast they're going to learn a ton have an incredible day your end and i'm looking forward to catching up in person soon yeah you too man have a good day appreciate it man see you soon see you soon Bye bye